You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. Just, I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by uh, by President. Stop moving that that that, that, that uh, you know. Call? That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go, Joe Brandon. I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show on this Tuesday, AM 950, 94.9 FM, the Enso Orlando. Also on Roku TV, the Patriot Podcast Network. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Go to thebuffshow.com. That's where you can find all the links. Check out thebuffshow.com and subscribe and like our social stuff, too. Let's go over to Matt Schlapp, CPAC. Coming to Dallas, Matt. Great to have you back on the show. Great to be with you again, Matt. Yeah, great to be with you, too. Um, I saw you tweeted that Nancy Pelosi had some communion. Apparently, her husband had several communions and then decided to drive around. Yeah, well, that's one way of speaking. The... uh... You know, Paul Pelosi is uh, kind of uh, an interesting character who uh, had a little rough run-in with the law, and uh, I hope he's fine. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be fine, but can you, I mean, Mercedes is a great wife, I'm sure, but can you imagine being married to uh, Nancy Pelosi? What kind of life would that be? (laughs) You would have to drink like every day. (laughs) You know, uh, they tell me she doesn't drink at all, so... uh, I guess he does the drinking for both of them. Yeah, I'm just saying she probably drives him a little bit crazy. I mean, that's the, uh, a tough. The, the thing about Nancy Pelosi is that I have met her several times, and uh, she's really, really kind of like different from this character you see on TV. But everyone who tells me who works with her says she is just hell on wheels, that she is, you know, someone you don't really want to deal with uh, too often. So, yeah. Let's get let's let's cut Paul some some <laughs> some slack here, right, Matt? Yeah, just a little bit of slack. So you're telling me Pelosi she doesn't drink because sometimes at those press conferences, you you have to wonder. I mean, there's a lot of uh, things going on there that makes you think she has to be drunk to be saying this stuff. Look, for folks like me, people accuse you of slurring because you had too much to drink. It must be weird to be accused of slurring when you didn't have anything to drink. And uh, <laughs> I think that she has a. a Hard time, you know, if she was a conservative, uh, they used to say Dan Quayle and George Herbert Walker Bush and George W. Bush uh, had a strange relationship with the English language. But it is funny when a liberal or a socialist uh, has trouble putting one word uh, in connection to another. uh, They're never they're never accused of having that problem. Nancy Pelosi is probably the most inarticulate public speaker we've ever had in one of these uh, major jobs. And. You know what? Uh, she just uh, she's even running for re-election, Matt. I don't know if you saw that. She just can't take a hint. Yeah, she she thought about retiring, but I think she's the only one. I think she thinks she's the only one that can hold the caucus together when this red massive wave uh, kicks him to the curb. Do you think she'll retire after they lose? Um, it's looking pretty grim that she's going to be able to hold on to the gavel. She, she she's not going to stay in the minority. Look, my prediction was that at some point this year she would actually retire from Congress. You know, I believe she's in the 80 range. um, And, uh, you know, uh, for her age, she's a pretty amazing person um, in terms of her physical vitality and everything else. I mean, it's a tough job. But I would have thought she would have gotten the hint 
I really did believe that she would leave the job and take off because, you know, uh, if you read all the, the current state of the races, you know, Democrats are set not just to lose the majority, but to get pummeled uh, in November because they've embraced woke and socialism. And by the way, when you embrace socialism, it's amazing how the economy tends to tank and, you know, the world is tanking and Joe Biden is unpopular. So it's pretty rough. It's a pretty rough scenario for Democrats. And Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden uh, rightly deserve the criticism for these terrible policies they're putting forward. And the American people are going to tell them what they think, and they're not too happy. Yeah, and I, the spokesperson came out for the Biden administration saying that uh, they've drilled more oil and done more production than even Trump's first year. They always do that. They find a little sliver of time to say they've done more. If that was actually true, Matt, if they actually were really drilling oil, don't you think gas prices wouldn't be near five bucks a gallon? <laughs> not only have they not uh, drilled more oil, what they've done is take all the projects in the pipeline and canceled as many as they possibly could. They put regulatory hurdles in front of all the others. Remember, when, when uh, Donald Trump came in in his first year, he inherited Obama's policies, and it took them you know, a year, 18 months. First of all, I couldn't get any of their people confirmed. You'll remember that. So That's it right. took them a while to get their people in these agencies and then to turn that regulatory uh, barriers around to allow for production. So it's really not fair to compare both first years. The reason why Joe Biden did more in the first year, if it's true, it's because he was op the economy was operating under Donald Trump's regulatory environment. Um, you know, once again, when the when the green jeans and the wackos who believe in the Green New Deal, they believe you can take a train to Hawaii from uh, California when they when they get all their policies in place, it's going to be very hard once again to turn this all around. And just remember, the Keystone XL pipeline, which is an extension of the Keystone pipeline pipeline, that alone uh, was 50 percent complete when Biden came in. It would have been done uh, by the end of the year if Trump was in the White House, and it would have replaced all the oil that we uh, that we import from Russia. So all these people that are talking about complaining about Russian oil, you're going to people are going to have to use Russian oil if you don't create more American oil. Yeah, you're going to have to get oil from somewhere. The, the troubling thing was when Biden said in a recent speech where he read that we're in an incredible transition. This is not the time or place coming out of severe lockdowns and all this stuff to transition out of fossil fuels because you'll never be able to ever completely transition out of fossil fuels anyway if everyone was driving an electric car. It's just not a realistic proposition. And I just I'm, I'm fearful that they're sitting there thinking we're just going to press the foot on the gas of closing down leases and creating more red tape because of the transition we want. It's, it's quite a radical position to believe that you can get rid of using fossil fuels to drive your economy. Even the even the hard left was pushing to use natural gas over coal. They now believe natural gas, which they used to call clean, is too dirty. It has too big a, of a carbon footprint. Elon Musk is a smart man. He realizes a large percentage of the electricity that's used to run his vehicles come, is generated by fossil fuels. Uh, coal fire plants still exist. We have a lot of new generation natural gas plants. So where do they think we're going to get all this electricity to run these cars, Matt? Um, you know, as one person told me, well, it's just in the wall.
I think that's what a lot of these left-wingers <laughs> believe, that there's just energy in the wallboard or something. You just plug it in, and it's a magic. Well, you know, all you're doing is taking one form of energy, you're converting it into another, which makes it automatically more expensive and less efficient. And, uh, and there you go. This, the basic literacy about how things actually work in the economy, that's just not so good for socialists. They're not so good at it. No, not at all. They, uh, we've had people on the show talk about the pressure on the grid, the American grid. I mean, there's going to be problems with blackouts yeah. potentially this summer. So, yeah, I love your analogy. They say it's just in the wall. It's just right there. I could see Joe Biden saying something like that. In fact, he might have in private. We just haven't seen it publicly yet. The, uh, you know, Matt, you bring up blackouts. I remember being a kid in the Northeast. My parents were born in New York. And, um, you know, I remember you had to go even or odd days, depending on the number on your license plate, to go get gas. You weren't allowed to get gas unless the government told you it was your day to get gas. At the same time, there was very famous blackouts uh, in New York City. Um, you know, ener when, when energy is unavailable to, me, to people, it creates tremendous pressure on people that are trying to run businesses, trying to run their families. So, you know, America could be heading into, take the politics out of it, a very, very rough period of time with inflation at double digits. Uh, we're clearly heading into a very tough recession. Energy prices are going through the roof. Even getting energy could be hard. And Joe Biden just announced that he wants to go to war with China, too. So, uh, boy. Let's we all got to get real, real sober and serious, even Paul Pelosi right now. We're going to I mean, we were excited about the midterms coming up, but for crying out loud at this rate, it's going to be tough if we can make it to that election day 2023 at this rate. And um, we got to make changes quickly. We, we were at the uh, we were broadcasting from the Florida Homeschool Association there in Orlando at Shingle Creek, where we had C uh, CPAC last year in Orlando. Um, Governor DeSantis spoke, and, and it just really got me excited for CPAC Dallas because that energy that you and I have talked about, the, the people's energy about how they are really wanting change now, we saw it all over the place. It was one of the biggest turnouts they've had. You know what's going on in the schools. Million, uh, over a million kids have left the public school system. Is we that saw right? that. Yeah, 1.2 million. It's it's a record that we've had of people exiting the public school system, heading into private schools and homeschool. And we got to talk to the parents, Matt. We got to talk face to face with all these people that made these decisions. Everything that these people are doing are affecting everyone's lives in such a negative way. And it's just amazing to talk to the people. Can't wait to do it for several days in CPAC Dallas, too. Well, that's great. And we love having you. CPAC is August 4th through the 7th. You can go to our website at conservative.org and reserve your space on Media Row or get your tickets. We hope you'll be there. We're just, we just uh, came out of a meeting. We got some big announcements uh, we'll be making throughout this week and every week up until that time. But I think it's really interesting what you say about the schools because remember, uh, about 50% of our ticket sales go to, um, go to students. Uh, and these students are coming to CPAC and to other great events like YAF and Turning Point and Heritage Foundation. There's a lot of other great groups that have conferences. But we find that the students are coming to our conferences because, you know, they're, they're just they are choked in their classrooms uh, with expressing the thoughts that they believe to be right, their love of their country, of the Constitution. They also just want to make friends. And, yeah. and I love the fact that these homeschoolers 
are working together to build a community so that the kids in those environments can still meet great other kids. Because um, the greatest thing that happens at CPAC is when these young kids all start to get to know each other. And you know what always happens, Matt? We then have weddings, CPAC weddings. And then we have CPAC kids. Maybe we are going to save America. I think we can. One CPAC wedding at a time. (laughs) Right. There you go. That's That's right. right. Like-minded people. It's a great event. Get your tickets. Go to CPAC.org, everybody. Get your tickets now. That is going to completely be sold out before you know it. August, I mean, it's already summertime. We just had the first day of summer. August is around the corner. Matt Schlapp, thank you so much for this. One of these times, we're going to break a speaker news or some kind of breaking news on the show. That'll be great. It's a (laughs) monkey on my back. I promise we're going to get this thing done. (laughs) That's right. Everybody check out CPAC.org. Matt Schlapp, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Matt. You got it. We'll be back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game, and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1 off drafts and house wines. $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight, $7.99 burger and fries. Tomorrow, live music. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention The Buff Show and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you guys rolling along with us on this Tuesday. Fun day after a long day weekend, right? You kind of want a four-day, but that's okay. We're here, ready to rock. we got to talk about campaigns in 2022. we got the big primaries coming up. And, of course, the biggest uh, general election that we may have uh, to experience in our lifetimes. It's really crazy out there how divided the country has become. And when you know it, there's a Democrat out there that is not completely insane. We'll see. Mark Caruso is running for State Representative District 38. He wants to unseat David Smith. 
And he's got his hands full with the likes of Drake Wirtz and everybody else in this uh, race here. But uh, State House District 38, Mark, welcome to the Buff Show. Great to have you. Thank you, Matt. All right. So um, we met at an event and it was really good to meet you. We had a long time. I think we talked for a couple hours there, had a lot of fun. Yeah. And I said, I got to get you on the show because um, I want to show my audience that there are Democrats out there that aren't completely crazy. The leaders in your party have lost their marbles. But Mark, you want to change all that with a little bit of integrity. And why don't you tell about your background before we get into the, uh, the weeds of uh, what Democrats are all about? Sure. <laughs> Well, my background consists of uh, mostly law enforcement, approximately 15 years worth. I started with the NYPD in 2003, um, moved down to Florida in 2006, started at the Orange County Jail here in Orlando. Uh, from there, I got hired by the state, and I was there for 10 years. Six of those years, I was a sergeant. Okay, and um, talk about the corrections officer work. Um, is that like they show on TV? Is it, you know, all kinds of bad everywhere? <laughs> that, that only skims the surface, those shows. What do you think about the police reform um, that was just signed? And what do you think about the uh, prison reform signed by President Trump? So criminal justice reform and then tougher laws on cops. What are your, from the Biden administration, what are your thoughts on that? Well, there needs to be some kind of reform because, you know, obviously, as we all could see, there is corruption in, in law enforcement. And I can tell you from my firsthand experience that the good cops and the good corrections officers that actually work out there and do the job, they don't like the bad cops. They want to see them gone because they make it more dangerous for the good people that are trying to do the job right every day. Did you um, did you know some bad cops or bad prison yeah, guards? I did. We what did you, remember, we don't like to use prison guards, but that's okay. What What do you call them? Correctional officers. Oh, my bad. Yeah, everybody does it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Correctional officers. Yes, that's Sounds what they like to hear. That's what the good people like to hear. Okay, so the bad ones are prison guards. The good we ones are even, correctional we, officers. We try not to even refer to them. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Good deal. And um, when you say bad, I mean, are they, are they bullies? They try to beat up on people. Are they trying to bend rules financially? What, what do you, what have you seen as far as corruption goes in policing and correctional officers? Well, everything that you stated right there, but of course it could go into more detail about a lot of uh, bad things that go on, you know, in the prison system itself. You know, there's, there's really, almost no accountability inside the prison because the administrations handle everything within, you know, within the prison themselves. So they let out the information that they want to let out if something happens. I got you. I want everybody to check out votemarkcaruso.org. C-A-R-U-S-O.org. Mark Caruso is on with us on the Buff Show. You talk about the Second Amendment in your uh, on your website. You have a law enforcement background, and uh, I believe you are a proud gun-carrying American citizen, correct? Believe it or not, there are Democrats that love guns. You know, I have guns. I know many Democrats that have guns. I know many Republicans in, in my family, friends that have guns. So everyone out there... You know, America is a gun-toting country, okay? 
there's no way we're going to get past that. You know, we have embraced it. We just need to be more educated and, and teach our kids, you know, better to not play with guns like some of the kids that, that, that get caught with them. You know, I taught, I always taught my kids at a young age, I'd sit them down, I'd put the guns on the table, take them apart, teach them what each part is, teach them gun safety, always explain to them that it's not a toy, we don't play with it. So if I had guns in my house, my kids would never ever want to go and play with those guns because I killed their interests right away. And that is what a lot of parents need to do with their kids is educate them. So if you ascend to the state house, is constitutional carry in the state of Florida, uh, Florida something you would support? Uh, I'd have to really see what it's going to be in the bill and what it's going to be about, you know, because there's certain concerns that I have, of course, you know, with guns on the streets. And, you know, me personally, I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain about myself with it. I would never open carry. Never. Even if it was law, if it was allowed to, I would never do it. I wouldn't want to draw attention to myself just by having that on my side. That's just my opinion. That's fine. That's your yeah. personal choice. I'm talking about like the law. Right. The piece of paper I would show you is the Second Amendment where it says True. that should not be infringed on the citizen's right to keep and bear arms. True. Um, and so that would be, I mean, if we're going to, if you want to turn the state house blue, your problem might be with the fellow Democrats who might push you to their leftist agenda. Are you worried about that? You talk about bringing people together, but your party on especially guns. Let me play you this clip from Kamala Harris. I agree that this should not be happening in our country and that we should have the courage to do something about it. On the issue of gun violence, I will say, as I've said countless times, we are not sitting around waiting to figure out what the solution looks like. You know, we're not looking for a vaccine. We know what works on this. It includes, let's have an assault weapons ban. You know what an assault weapon is? You know how- she, She's uh, two things, but we'll let her finish. How an assault weapon was designed, <laughs> it was designed for a specific purpose, to kill a lot of human beings quickly. Okay, that the pure insanity. What what's your first uh, thought when you hear her talk about gun violence? Because that's not a real thing. An assault weapon is not a real thing, and the um, rifles are not designed for people to buy them just to kill a lot of people. That's not their purpose. No. So on uh, gun violence, a gun it's in itself isn't violent. How come some people just always forget about the perpetrator who is maybe mentally disturbed or pure evil? True. Well, a lot of politicians from, you know, what I've seen through the years is they like to use the gun argument every time something happens. You know, they'll want to use it in their in their favor. But yet what everybody tends to forget is the people that are talking and saying all these things. They own guns. They have people with guns protecting them. They need guns in their life. So I, I believe that the, the, the talk about guns shouldn't be in politics. They're using that as a tool. To, to get the masses on their side. And it works a lot of the times, especially when something bad happens. When there's something bad that happens, the first thing that stops said perpetrator 
like you said, it's some a good guy with a gun. Um, that's sometimes the best solution, unless you're really good at throwing knives or something. The best thing to do is to have a good guy with yeah. a gun. Right. So if open carry hits your office in Tallahassee, you have you decided you would support that, wouldn't support that? I'm not talking about you personally. I'm talking about for the rest of us here as an elected representative. Yeah, that that is coming up, and I think DeSantis has flirted with the idea of signing it. Well, I'll tell you this: I came from New York. Okay, New York is probably one of the hardest states as a citizen to get a gun legally. Yeah, absolutely, it's totally disgusting how they violate the Second Amendment. And when I moved down to Florida, I was extremely happy that this state didn't infringe on those rights. So if the open carry comes into play and there is a, a vast majority that are, are, are going to vote in favor of it, and the governor is also in favor of it, and it's not a violation of the Second Amendment, I'm all for it. So you're okay with background checks, which we already have, but background checks yeah. and, and that's maybe that waiting we, periods. Is that what you're talking that, about? That's something that we, we need to, to really focus hard on because a lot of people don't understand, especially people that don't own guns, is we already have background checks in place. Okay? We do. You can't just go to the gun store, pay for a gun, walk out with it without having a background check. You know, the FBI is doing their background check. The minute that store calls it in, everything gets ran in your name. The only thing we don't have, and I can understand why they want it, is, is the mental health part of it. Yes, that is a big problem. Yes, we need to, to try to, to work on that and stop people with mental health, health issues that might have, you know, want to do bad things with guns. Yeah. And what you try to do is every time we see like a mass shooting or something like this, yeah. we find out that there was plenty of warning signs, tweets right. and posts and stuff like that. Right. Maybe a little more proactive in the home, maybe be a little more attentive as guardians. And uh, if a friend sees something or somebody says, sees something, I mean, we don't need red flag laws. I don't want to tell on you because you're a Democrat. You know what I mean? I don't want a law for that. But I want common sense out there in the community to where if you see somebody planning something crazy, maybe you report it. True. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that we might want to uh, look at is raising the age for a person to be able to buy a rifle. Okay. They, I, I know they can't buy a handgun until they're 21. So if we've gone that far, why not just put the whole firearms law in place where you have to be 21 period to buy any kind of firearm. I'll tell you why it's a problem because okay. a law like that only hurts legal law abiding citizens who want to purchase. I understand that fully. I'm with that argument. I, I totally <laughs> do not want to infringe on anyone's rights. I'm not about yeah. that. Uh, I think you if know. you can serve in the military, you should be able to buy. I don't like the handgun law being at 21. That should be back at 18. The more the, the only gun control we need is gun safety classes, firearm safety. Yes. And the more the more armed citizens we have that are properly trained and 
law-abiding citizen. I believe you don't hear a lot of the stories out there of those people actually saving lives and preventing further damage when a psychotic goes out there. So there I will go. respectfully disagree with raising the age. I think we should actually lower the handgun one back to 18. You can serve in the military. We sh um, and then and Kamala and everybody talks about, well, can you get a beer? Well, if you serve in the military, you should be able to get a beer. So maybe we should lower that age too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to affect them here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's go to schools real quick. This is a big state house issue. You're going to have to face um, Ron DeSantis signed the Parental Rights and Education Act. Right. And I actually got into it with a teacher who wanted to teach the kids trans issues, having trouble getting this fellow to come on the show and defend his position. This is another registered Democrat I'm going to show you here. And this is what we're dealing with when it comes to um, gender issues. I was about ready to scream at the next person who called me girl. I work in a place that happens to have a lot of older people, a lot of seniors. Ageism. And every time they refer to me or my coworkers or a group of us with me and my coworkers together, it's always ladies lady girl girlies ma'am and just it's non-stop and i know they don't know that i'm non-binary but it's still exhausting yeah these people are crazy a teacher um utilizes unapproved lgbt flashcards to teach preschoolers we're talking about two and three year olds flashcards showing pregnant men wow do you believe parents have a right to see what is going on and make changes in a public school setting when it comes to gender studies and uh, teaching kids about their deviant behaviors? Well, let me start by saying that I grew up in the public school system, okay? We didn't have any of this that's going on right now. We, we went to school for one thing only, and that was to learn, okay? We weren't there talk to our teachers about what they did over the weekend or what parties they went to or they were talking about their significant other. We didn't go to school for that. We went to school for math, reading, writing, all that stuff. And I believe that that is the only thing that should be in our schools is learning. That's it. All that other stuff that the parents are fighting for right now, that shouldn't be going on right now. So as, as a rep for District 38, you support DeSantis' parental rights and education bill. I support anything that allows parents to have control of their child's education. Okay. So what made you decide to run for this? What, what did you see? Is David Smith doing something wrong? Is, uh, is Florida heading in the wrong direction? financially or with COVID, what made you say, you know what, I'm a Democrat who can make change and maybe well, not for the left. Well, I, I started thinking about running maybe three years ago. Um, I had a discussion with someone and I won't mention his name, but when I was working in the prison, you know, I had to talk with this person about some of the corruption that was going on. And I opened up to this person and told him things that were very sensitive. 
thinking that he was going to do the right thing or, you know, help me, whatever way he could. But what I didn't know was that he was going to turn around and stab me in the back and go to my warden and tell my warden everything that I told him. Okay. So that kind of started me on the path of, of, of thinking that if, if politics is like that with stabbing people in the back and hurting people, then I need to, I know I could do better than that because that's not what I'm about. I'm about helping people. So last year, October, November is when I finally had the conversation with my wife that, you know, Hey, you really need to run for office. You could do it. You know, we already know what he, what David's doing. He's, he's only out for himself. He's only trying to, you know, help people that donate to his campaign. And, and that evidence is clear. You can see that he's not helping the people in this district. We, we all see that his own people and his own party tell me that that's the case. So all those factors, you know, really came at me and says, you know what, just follow paperwork and let's do it. And that's what I did because I now, seen how, I seen how, how he wasn't representing the people, but he was representing himself and donors that are outside of this district. Well, that's why I appreciate you coming on to talk about how you would help the people on specific issues. And it's important for people to hear your backstory. Are you in a primary against other Democrats for August? Yeah, that's a that's a, a story that I'll tell you about right now. Um, when I first made my decision to run and I, I reached out to the Democratic Party here in Seminole because I had no idea about them at all. I didn't know their background. To me, they were just the Democratic Party. So I went to them and had a meeting with them and everything was was good in the beginning they liked everything that i stood for uh you know i drive a pickup truck i i'm law enforcement i have guns i'm a whistleblower they loved all that stuff so i was thinking to myself okay this is going to be good you know i have some back i have some backing um you know i'll get the help i need so a couple of weeks goes by and you know i get a phone call from one of the women in there and they start screaming and yelling at me and Oh, you like Tucker Carlson's page and you're a plant and, and we want a woman to run. So now I'm, I'm like, what, where did this come from? What is going on here? I, I went to them for help because they're my party and they just turned and flipped it on me and cast me aside. So a few more weeks goes by and, you know, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm doing my petitions, getting them, trying to get them finished. And I get a phone call from one of the ladies in the party. And she's like, you're our candidate. We want to back you up. We, you know, we, we like you, blah, blah, blah. Gave me the whole story. We want you to come to the gala. I was like, okay, this is a little weird. One person's telling me one thing. Another. So then I get another call another week later, another, another woman, she's like, oh, we don't think we, it's going to work out because you're not vaccinated. You don't like to wear a mask. I'm like, how does that have to, anything to do with politics? You know, that's not my beliefs, and and you have to respect that. Well, masks and 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 vaccines and and that's our platform. And I was like, excuse me, did you? It say is. That? That's your platform. And I says, ma'am, with all due respect, that's not my platform, and I'm not going with that because this is America, and we have the right to choose if we want to do that or not. And they didn't, they weren't happy about that. And they were like, well, you know, if we have a Democrat 
running. You know, if we have more than one Democrat running, we're not going to, you know, just pick one. We're going to wait until the primary is over and then we're going to focus on that one person. I was like, okay, if that's the case, that's fine. But that turned out not to be true because the Semdems put two people in the primary against me. One is their precinct captain who some of the people in the Semdems put him in there. And there's a female that just moved here from, from Washington that another part of the Semdems, they put her in there. So here they are calling me a plant, but what did they just do? They planted two people. Planted for the people. for the audience, Sim Dems, that's Seminole County Democrats. Yes. That's a that's a group here. Yes. Um we've we've had some battles with them before on the show, but so I they could, I could tell you this. After t- after dealing with them, you know, for you know, the small amount of time that I did, one thing only stands out to me that that they care about. And that the only thing they care about is putting people in power. They don't care about what they stand for, what they're doing, anything. Okay. They haven't come to me and says, oh, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? No, it's not about that. It's just they care about putting people in power. They're focused on the school board right now, which is which is what they're trying to go after. Because I go to the school board meetings. I see them there. I see the discussions that they have. I still talk to some of the people there because there there is still good people in there. They're just caught up in the whole thing with them. In my opinion, in my opinion, the Semdems are their own worst enemy. Okay, instead of trying to unite Democrats, as you can see, just by putting two, two candidates against me, they divided us. That's what they did, and and it's it's really hard to deal with a party when they do that to you. Yeah, because that's your financial backing in the general. I won't I, I won't say it's my financial backing, but you know, at least you have that 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 party to fall back on to say that you stand for something that's American. And that's what it should be. So what happened to the Democratic Party here locally? We see nationally they are moving further left. There's a lot of socialists making powerful decisions. Seems like locally, they don't want just a Democrat. They want a far left Democrat. That's why they're focusing on the school boards. We see them up there all the time. I mean, that's a uh, that's not a secret with the Semdems. They're trying to fill that school board just like we are. Right? We're doing the same thing. Right. And that's okay, but they don't want to. Uh, they fear that a more centrist candidate would be a problem for them i would have to say maybe yes because i just told you that i'm about public schools and and just having the kids learn in school but if they want to go beyond that and go outside of the scope of learning well then there's an agenda there that we need to be worried about because i wouldn't want my daughter who's 13 going to school and having to sit in a classroom with a teacher you know, explaining things about life that have absolutely nothing to do with learning, where it can it can further her education. You know, that stuff is our job as parents to teach our kids that at home, not in the school. So you want to bring more centrist, you want to bring more reasonable policies as a Democrat. The old blue dog Democrats, a lot of people thought they were dead. 
And I got one on the show. Hopefully. There's a lot more like me, believe me. And there's a lot of Republicans that support me. I have people in my family that are true diehard Republicans and, and they hate Democrats. And, and I sit them down and I'm like, listen, you, you've got to stop thinking that. You have to try to look at that person as an American, forget about the party and, and, and discuss with them the beliefs that we should have as Americans and, and keep that focused. If Joe Biden called you and said he'll endorse you, what would you say? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I'm not extremely happy with the way the administration is handling everything. And my wife feels the same way. You know, we, we are very, very concerned. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I could honestly say to him, you know, I'd love your endorsement or I don't want your endorsement. You know, I'd have to, it's hard. He's, he's definitely not making it easy for me to say, I want you on my side because we're all hurting. Look at the gas prices. I'm, I'm dying just like you, you know, there's Republicans yes. that are hurting at the gas pumps. Not all Republicans are rich like everybody thinks. Oh, if you're a Republican, you must be rich. No, that's not true. Trump really expanded the party. Um, those Democrats you talked about, a lot of them supported Trump. What if President Trump called you and said, I'll endorse you? <laughs> let, me, let me let me say this. If any president called me and, and that president was proving to me and the American people that he is putting policies in place to help Americans, then I'm all for it. I don't care who it is. I've, 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 I never vote That's for That's the point. I vote for a person... Yeah who is going to show me things that he's going to do for the country as Americans first. Okay. We need to focus here. And if that president is going to do policies that are going to benefit us as Americans, then I don't care if he's a Republican or not. I'm going to give him my vote and give him my support. I don't care who it is. I, I work well with, with Republicans just as I do Democrats. You know, I have a, I have a reputation in Tallahassee. A lot of the Republicans in Tallahassee know me and a lot of the Democrats know me as well. And they all, I want to say, I hope that they all support me and they like me because they know the things that I've been through and they know how I fight and I don't just give up and walk away from a fight because I'm in Tallahassee a lot of times on my own dime. You know, this is going through the terminations with the department. You know, I was up in Tallahassee advocating for good officers for their pay raises. You think the Sim Dems that are running against you would come on the show to debate you? Would you accept that challenge if they said yes? I would, but I don't think they would. I, I don't have, think they I would have, either. I have a couple of things that I want to work on if I get elected. And... One of those important issues is about the housing crisis. Okay, I have a great idea and a great plan for it, but I'm not ready to discuss it because I know they're not thinking about what I'm thinking about. And I want to hear what they have to say first. And then when I yeah. discuss what my idea is, I'm going to blow them out of the water. Okay, well, the conversation will continue. Mark, we did a couple issues today and got your background out there and got the story out there. Next time you come on, I want to talk about more issues 
and sure. uh, continue this conversation. I think there are some things that can be reached on common ground. And I want this interview and this show and this discussion with Mark to show that people can be civil and have actually discussed things at a rational and reasonable level. It doesn't always have to be screaming and yelling. Right. Now, if Mark would have said something nutty, like the clips we played, then we're going to have some fireworks. But as far as the issues go, get another candidate on there and we'll, we'll have get another candidate on and we'll have a discussion. A good one. Maybe I'll get Drake on with you. Get a Republican you. on, get a Democrat. Let's talk it out. You know, we, we, okay. we all have a lot of good we all have a lot of good ideas. We just need to to talk about it and put it together and, and make it work. I think you and Drake would be the best options. Do you like, like the Drake. idea that Drake's a great guy? Yeah. I like him. You know, we yeah. can have a good talk. We've had good talks, me and him, out on the street. You know, he's an American. I'm an American. That's the biggest thing for me is is we're Americans first. Forget about the party. Let's come on here and talk yeah. like Americans. You know, <laughs> I like that. Do you like the idea of keeping the primaries closed? I would like to see the NPAs be allowed to vote. Really? The independents oh, yeah. controlling elections. That's Not an interesting control. thought. I mean, they're a voter. They are a voter. You know, they didn't choose a party, but they're still a voter. I believe they still have a say in who they want. That's just my opinion. Like my neighbor, I, she's a, my neighbor's an NPA, okay? Yeah. She, she tells me all the time, you got my vote. I love you. You're my neighbor. You do everything for me. You help me. I says, I understand that, but you can't vote for me in the primary. She says, well, why? I says, because you're an NPA. You have to be a Democrat or Republican. She says, well, that's not right. They should change that. No, you should change your affiliation. Pick a side. Listen. I hate fence sitters, Mark. You can't, you, can't <laughs> force them, you can't force them to change their party. I mean, I have friends that have changed for me for the primaries and I love them for it, you know, but you, you can change back. Yeah, you can. And they know it, but you know, you just can't force them to pick. Well, apart. I know but there's consequences, you know, yeah, like, uh, I, look at, I look at California as the bad example. No Republicans ever going to win there because it's an open primary and the, yeah. <laughs> the Democrat machine is just too big. But um, interesting discussion about um, independence being yeah. allowed to vote in primaries. That's something we're going to have to dive into later. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, no, you're an idiot. I'm saying that's very interesting. Maybe we should, maybe we should explore that option and look and see what would happen. Yeah. People can have civil discussions. <laughs> yeah, I'm just the reason I'm emphasizing this, Mark, because you see what I see. The con yeah. this is the biggest divide probably since the Civil War. Yeah, when it comes to American versus American, right? It is. Would you agree I'm, with that? Sure, hundred percent. And we're doing it to ourselves. There's no reason for it. You know, yeah, and why, who does it hurt? Why, it hurts. why I'm openly telling you right here, right now, that even, you know, even I've said it to many people that I know, is I can have a discussion with anybody, no matter what party they're in, is when you start yelling at me and screaming at me and getting loud at me, I know I might be saying something that you don't like, and it's it's probably for the best, but you're just not happy with it. So we need to get beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just, I look at everything that's going on and it just drives me crazy. So we're going to set up a time for you and uh, I'm going to see if Drake Wirtz is available. Maybe we can just start there and have a reasonable discussion and really hammer out some issues and give voters a real sense of what they want to do. Because Mark, if we're going to flip a seat blue from red, it's going to come with some resistance and, and we got to <laughs> well, have people get to know you. Last word to you. Give us your last thought. Speaking about red. Okay. And I know that there's a lot of David Smith supporters and I respect that. You know, everybody has their supporters, but one thing that a lot of people don't know is that he's a rhino. Okay. I've we know that on this show. I've learned that years ago, you know, he's a rhino. Everybody knows it, but the true hardcore Republicans, they don't want to, either admit it or they don't want to see it for whatever reasons that's that's fine that's their decision but he's almost as 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 much as a democrat as i am if you look at the things, say, there's you, not much difference if you look at the things he's voted on if you look at the the bills that he's proposed and if you look at one of the was it one or two bills he's got actually passed i forget how many it is you know you look at those things and you be and you're saying to yourself what is he doing for the people in this district? He's, he's, he's working harder for the people in South Florida than he is here. You know, here in Winter Springs, where I live, we have a bad water problem going on. The DEP is involved. There's consent orders. Taxpayers are going to have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars or even hundreds of million, about $100 million for a new sewage plant. And where's David Smith in all this? No. He's sitting back telling other Republicans at, the, at these events that, he can't do anything. Well, that's not true. That is totally not true. That's a cop-out. He is the state representative of this district. He needs to get up there in Tallahassee, put his foot down, and get this problem fixed. And he's not doing it. What can end up doing him in is his signature legislation of making strawberry shortcake the official dessert of Florida. That's his signature legislation. And that's going to do him in. I think it's going to be well, you versus Drake Wirtz. I do. My opinion, in my opinion, he's he's only running on his incumbency. He's not out there saying anything. He's not debating anybody. He's just riding the fact that he's an incumbent and people are going to vote for an incumbent and that's it. But that's not how it works. You know, people need to wake up and really look at what a person is doing. Look at their history. Look at their background. It, even go as far, and I've said this many times, is go as far as looking at the money that they're getting donated to them and by who. That tells you everything. Follow the money. You'll find the answer. <laughs> That's right. Follow the money. Unfortunately, people don't have time to do that research. That's what your campaign staff's for. Give the, give the website. How can people contact you, Mark? Yeah, I know. But, you know, you could tell people, you know, what's going on especially from me, if I say it to them, they're not going to believe me. They're just, going to, they're just thinking that I'm saying that just to get him out. I don't want, no, them, to believe me. I don't want them to believe me. I want them to actually go and see it for themselves and then come back to me and say, you know what? You were right. What can you do that's going to do better than what he's doing? And that's where I come in and that's where I want to tell them, well, this is what I plan to do. This is, this is how I want to do better than what he's doing. You know, I've had people that work with him and come to me and I have a discussion with them and they don't even know all the things that are going on that he's doing. 
And once I bring it to their attention, then they go and look at it. And then they're like, you know what? You told me that you were right. Yeah. They got to do the research. You got to do the research. What's your website for everybody to check you out? VoteMarkCaruso.org. Dot org. So you're 501c3 now? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't want... I don't want anything involved with any of that stuff. Just, <laughs> no, you put you draw too much attention on yourself with that. Yeah, you know, no I'm, kidding. I'm trying, to, it's I'm, trying to keep, I'm trying to keep my life simple. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of things still going on with me with the Department of Corrections. You know, and I'm just trying to keep it simple. Sounds like you could write a book about that. Okay, I won't say anything more. If you're watching the video, he just put up the shush sign. So there you go. (laughs) All right, Mark Caruso, thanks for joining us. I I have been approached by uh, a couple of uh, producers for Netflix opportunities. Shawshank Redemption Part (laughs) 2. With the correctional officer. I I told him, I said, I just want Marky Mark to play my role. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's very brazen of you <laughs> very nice. they, used to, they used to call me that when i was younger marky mark and the funky bunch <laughs> that's funny good yeah. stuff i see it i get it i do that's good i mean i'm handsome like him you know i'm, I'm as healthy <laughs> as he is <laughs> oh you took it see we went far and then you stepped over the line You're, let, let's see the guns again not not bad Still work out every day then. Very good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying you're a dad, so it's tough to stay, you know, in shape after the kids. For some reason, when you turn 40 and when kids come, yeah, your body turns to well, jello. My, son my son's 20 now, and he's as tall as me, and he comes up to me a couple of times. He's like, see, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting better than you. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> yeah, to be 20 again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's my my kid's a physical trainer. All right, more discussions with Mark down the road. Mark Caruso, thanks for joining us on The Buff Show. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. Sounds good. Good stuff. We'll do more segments with Mark. We'll set up some debates and stuff. We really got to get this thing figured out. Thanks for nothing, David Smith. We'll be right back on The Buff Show. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. 
Since 2012, Cellulartronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. With one super convenient location, 31 South Charles Richard Beale Boulevard in DeBerry. Or call them at 386-516-6185. Visit Cellulartronics.com. Cellulartronics. Welcome back to the Map Buff Show. As you can see, we are broadcasting from the FPEA 2022 Florida Homeschool Convention, Florida Parent Education Association, bustling everywhere. And the Buff Show has teamed up with Moms for America. And Marina is with me doing all these interviews. Fun so far? It's so great. You know, these issues are so important, Matt, and I thank you for giving them a voice because we need people who will take a stand and say the issues that no one wants to talk about. Yeah, check out Marina Hoffman and everybody at Moms for America. The website is... Momsforamerica.us. Yeah, .us. I wrote that down because sometimes it's .org, right? It's dot, you know, so it's .us, momsforamerica.us. And we have a very special guest with us right now, Linda Bell. She's Florida Right to Life president. Yes. One of my favorite people. Last time I saw you, we were doing an event, I think, in front of Dr. Littell's office. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. So we're all about medical freedom. But now some, uh, some liberal leaked out that probably works for Justice Sotomayor leaked out a document from the Supreme Court that we're going to give Roe v. Wade back to the states. It's not the right, it's not the perfect solution, but it's a start. Talk about your efforts here in Florida and what you think of that bill that might be coming, uh, not that ruling that might be coming from the Supreme Court. Oh yeah, we're, we're very confident that the ruling is going to be in favor of life. And what this does, and I'm glad you asked the question because there seems to be a little bit of confusion. Because of the left, the left-wing media, which is almost all the media, they, they are saying that, oh, abortion is going to be outlawed. You know, they have these draconian stories. Really what happens is it just the ability of the states to regulate the laws of their own states as intended by the framers of the Constitution, states' rights, it's going to go back to the states. Florida already passed this year a 15-week bill that bans abortion following 15 weeks. So hopefully we will begin working on something a little a little bit a more, I will, I will say, a little bit more protective of life than that next time. We think this was a phenomenal start. We're very happy about that. But it's but a start. It's a start. And you know, it's a great start. Florida Rides to Life worked very hard on the passage of the 15-week bill. We were very proud to stand right behind Governor DeSantis and actually help with that uh, coordination of that event. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Florida Right to Life. Yes, we, please. We are the oldest and largest single-issue organization in Florida. We've been around since 1971, which is a year before Roe. The Roe decision, which is almost 50 years. Uh, it's a 50-year disaster, um, but we've been around for a long time. And when I say single-issue, there are a lot of wonderful groups out there, but they're multi-issue groups. And so while they're wonderful groups, they spread their, their issues amongst multiple issues. We feel like to be more effective and the most effective on life, we must be single issue and single focus. So we we intervene on life, abortion, euthanasia, and infanticide because we have a lot of our elderly population are being euthanized, you know, in hospitals. We've seen more and more stories about that. So we're all about life. But right now, the focus has certainly been on abortion. And, you know, we must, as a, as a 
conservative population be aware of the life issues because this is the civil rights issue of our lifetime of our lifetime and if we don't focus on life what other rights matter without the right to life nothing you know linda everything you're saying is powerful but i'll tell you that until two years ago i believed that you had the right cause but it was your cause it was a battle for lawyers to fight for doctors to fight for politicians it wasn't my fight we're the body of christ i have a role but this is not me i'm not a lawyer would you please speak to ordinary people like myself who feel that this is someone else's battle what can we do? Because we do care and we're finally waking up. I've realized I can make a difference. Belinda, what can ordinary people that aren't politicians, that aren't lawyers, make a difference for all the issues of life that you care so much about? This is so great because I'm going to talk about this tomorrow as well. Ordinary people, the, the number one thing you must do is vote and vote pro-life. Number one. And not, you know what else? Get involved. So if you see your newspaper or your TV show say some outlandish, ridiculously false statement about the life issue, do a letter to the editor. If they were to get a hundred letters, just a hundred, let's say there's a town of two, uh, or a city of thousands of people and they were to get 100 letters, they would freak them out. And so we need to be more proactive. And that's how I started out, kind of writing letters to the editor and you just said this and this was false and people are like well that was really good we didn't know that and it was way 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 back so get involved vote but not only just vote we have florida right to life has a political action committee we have a PAC. so we endorse the state candidates for for state state senate state house congressional candidates you can just go to our website at election time during the election cycle and look it up and see everybody we've endorsed give the website yeah. or frtl at frtl.org or our facebook yeah or you can actually sign up at frtl to be on our email blast and we'll email or mail you the list of endorsed candidates yeah so much of uh what is presented as to the reason to protect these little babies uh is on a moral basis you have a lot of people today uh who don't approach things from uh, anything like a faith vantage point. Uh, but when you look historically, for example, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire by Edward Gibbons, he says depopulation uh, was the underlying reason for the ultimate collapse. You look at what's happening in Europe, where most countries in Europe cannot replace their population, and so Angela Merkel, on that basis, opened up the borders to migrants who are completely changing the culture. Here in this country, um, we have massive deficits. And I know with Social Security, in 1936, I think there were close to 40 people uh, supporting one retiree. Today, it's a little bit more than one, okay? And it seems as if uh, not having kids, choosing to abort children, ultimately hurts our society to a degree that people have not previously imagined. And the very ones who are doing it right now uh, will suffer the consequences as they get to retirement age, as they encounter the situation where in a socialized system, um, there aren't enough people paying in and working. Do you see that type of argument as gaining traction? Or do you think that that's just been kind of on the side, but lurking? I, I think that argument is extremely valid. And when we speak about life, we speak of, of the holistic approach. The holistic approach. There are so many issues that we deal with the life issue. 
depopulation, if you remember, if you go back to the 1970s with the yeah. population bomb with Ehrlich, such, it was completely false. We are not even replacing ourselves as a nation. If it wasn't for legal immigration, this country wouldn't even be replacing ourselves. So you have a couple, and they were told you shouldn't have more than two children. Remember that? Sure. So everybody, you started seeing two children. I'm one of six. My husband was one of six. That's extremely rare anymore. So I've told my children, you must have at least three. You have to more than replace yourself. Well, we're very blessed. We have three daughters and 12 grandkids. So we do believe that. And not only that, when you look, when you look at an economy and when you look at the, the depletion of an economy, you're 100% right. And when we speak about the life issue, I speak to it. If I'm speaking with a secular group, I speak to it on the moral. On, on, on the moral issue, if I'm speaking to a faith-based faith-based group, then I speak to it on the faith issue. But it is a complete encompassing issue that has come full circle, and you're seeing that more cars would be purchased. We would have no, we would have plenty of people for employment. We've lost 62 million babies yeah. Yeah. that we know about that are counted. Yeah. So those 62 million people would very much be impacting the economy today. They would be users they would be the people that were producers and users so your argument is extremely valid i appreciate that thank you so much and again you're you're talking about issues that actually do relate to our lives and it's so easy to think as ordinary people that it's an issue out there but we heard nurse erin last night at this convention we'll be interviewing her later exposing what happened to the elderly during covid during new york but again linda new york is so far away but speak to the fact that the issues you're addressing impact citizens of Florida like every other state. These right-to-life issues we need to fight for because they impact our daily lives and potentially our own family members, even though we don't want to think about that and can't imagine it would be true. New York is not far away. New York is in Florida. New York is in Florida hospitals. We have lost our rights to fight for ourselves and our, and our own family members within Florida hospitals. And um, so we are, while we're single issue, we were very concerned about this and fought against this as well, because how can you give uh, immunity, complete and total immunity? And unfortunately, we, um, it passed and it was signed by our governor, but you're giving medical immunity, which strips the people away from their own sovereignty and what happens to their own body within a hospital. And we've lost the ability to even have doctors prescribe life-saving treatment that's a life issue so what as when you talk about us when you talk about we people everything that happens it happens to us because if we say we really care as as people of the life community do we really care because when I have people that walk by my booth and wonderful people well-intentioned they're like oh I'm good on that issue I'm pro-life and then they walk away what does that mean do you vote pro-life? Do you teach your children about life? Pick up the fetal models and show your babies because you'll guarantee if they put that fetal model in their hands that they're gonna believe in life from conception till natural death. And we're talking about that. Natural death means we don't allow what's happening in New York to happen in Florida, but it does. We're on with Linda Bell, Florida National, uh, Florida Right to Life president. And I want everybody to check out their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Florida Right to Life. The videos are phenomenal. Thank you. I, you got me stuck on show research yesterday oh, because I was sitting there watching all the videos awesome. and I had the rest of my list to go, Marina. And I was like, 
These videos are powerful. You guys got to check them out. Thank you. The the Chuck Schumer went and uh, him and the band of Democrats, they voted against protecting our kids in schools. The unions in schools want cops out of the schools. Absolutely. And these same people are today doing press conferences about a woman's right to choose. And yeah. they never finish the sentence. Yeah. First of all, my body, yeah. my choice is not your body That's right. that we're talking about. Number number two, finish the sentence. The right to choose to do what? Because I, in the age of follow the science, that's Linda. That's it. Follow I say the that. science. You know what I say? Choose what? Choose have, what? Choose what? You're going to have spaghetti and meatballs for dinner tonight, or are you going to choose to end the life of a baby? What? What is choose what? They're like, ah. Uh. Bacteria on Mars is life. I said that the other day. If it's bacteria on Mars or a drop <laughs> of water. Oh, there's a puddle. There's life. Hello. You know, I said the very same thing the other day. You might yes. have heard me. <laughs> talk about just answering the stupidity of liberal talking points. It is it is so they the liberals have become so underwhelming to me when yeah. I hear them. I think you you have to have a fairly low IQ to listen to what they say and believe them. Not only because of their hypocrisy but because of their inconsistencies. On the one minute you're concerned about 19 precious lives lost, but you're completely unconcerned about 62 million. And the Democrats have become so radical. There are, there's no such thing as a, a moderate anymore. I mean, Manchin, I guess you could kind of say yes, because he has saved the Hyde Amendment and he's saved us on some radical things. But the bottom line is there really are no pro-life Democrats anymore. And they're out there saying that you can now abort a baby up until birth and California is trying to extend it to after birth. It is killing. It is killing the defenseless. And when you say to them, how do you justify this? Many people become pro-life because they're like, I did not know that. So it's up to us to communicate that. How are we communicating that? Are we saying, wait a minute, you're pro-choice? Pro Tell me what that means. Tell me what that means. I want to listen to you. Oh, do you believe abortion should be legal past 12 weeks? Well, no, I don't. Oh, then you really are pro-life. I'm not pro Well. Do you believe that abortion should be, I only believe abortion should be legal for rape, incest, life of the mother, and maybe in the first month or two. You, you're more pro-life than you're pro-abortion. And you start persuading people that they don't know how, that they don't believe, they don't listen to Schumer, they don't listen to Pelosi, they're not listening to the whack jobs on The View. You know, they're, they're the absolute low IQ. I mean, I think their IQ is the size of my shoe. And I'm looking, listening to these people, and I'm staggered and stunned that they even get to have a camera and a microphone in front of them because everything that comes out of their mouths can be refuted in about 15 seconds. And so that is what is being fed to the majority of the population, not the majority, but about 50% of the population of this country. Mm -hmm. So we have to be the ones that make sense. We have to be the common sense ones, and we are. We're the ones who are there. We're the ones who love. We're the ones who are adopting children. Yeah. We're the ones who foster kids. We're the ones who donate to help kids' charities. We're the ones, not them. You know, the impact on moms of the right to choose. Um, I ran into, uh, yeah. It's devastating. Uh, a couple in their early 30s have been trying for 10 years to have children. They came to me for counseling. I was pastoring at the time. And uh, she was the daughter of a pastor herself, 19 years old. <laughs> had a one night uh, affair uh, and wound up pregnant. Yep. She didn't want to bring any blemish on her father and his ministry. So she silently, without his knowledge, uh, went and had an abortion. 
and then married for 10 years, no kids, she came in, and I'll never forget what she said. I killed the only child I was ever going to have. Oh my God. I hear that story all the time, <sighs> and it is devastating. And I, I know those women. I know a woman who had one child and then had an abortion and she never could conceive again. I hear these stories, and they're devastating. And what, what those women need, though, very often is they need healing. They are forgiven. I mean, if they, if they confess it, they're forgiven. They need healing. And very often, once they receive healing, very often they will be able to conceive. It's a lot of times it's such overwhelming. You know, the, the, guilt, the guilt of abortion is the big, is the big lie. They, the left tells you, oh, you're not going to worry about it. 87% of women are devastated by their abortion decision. If it's not now, it's going to be later. And there is an increase of drug abuse or any kind of substance abuse. And it's devastating to the psyche of a woman because it's not natural for a woman to allow somebody else to take the life of her child. It's not natural. And I've never met a woman yet who said she had an abortion because it was her choice, but I've met many who said they felt it was her no, they had no other choice. And if you kill a pregnant woman, you get hit with two murders, by the way. Depends on your state, but yes. Yeah, um, Scott Peterson got hit with That's two, and right. that was California. That's right. But um, I want to turn it over to you. We got one last round, uh, Marina. It just, just this, that just blew my mind when you told that story, Ron. Yeah, you know, Linda. Again, what's the last word you want to give us? A word of hope, a word of encouragement. What can we do to support your ministry? Number one. Thank you. I'm going to tell you, we're not done. When no. Roe versus Wade is overturned, the battle just begins. We have to roll up our sleeves and get to work again because now we have to make sure that Florida becomes a true pro-life state and we have to stop these clinics that show up right by the door of the colleges and the, and the poor and the minority neighborhoods. We are not done, but be encouraged, be encouraged. We are outnumbering, the pro-lifers are outnumbering the pro-aborts. We have the message of hope. We have the message of life. We have the message of love. Never give up on life is where God has called me. And I've been here for since 1989, I believe, or 88, and never give up. And there's always something that you can do. Each person who hears this, there's something that you can do to affect life. You can talk to somebody. You can always vote. Go and vote, but talk to people. Tell them. <laughs> yes, please. You know, when I, I talked to a guy who was so pro-life, he goes, but I don't vote. And I said, then you're not pro-life because if you really care and you know that your vote matters, you're going to be voting and you're going to know, you know, my phone. My, I don't have my phone with me. It's hysterical at my house on election day. My machine. Who do I vote for? Who do I vote for? They've waited till election day. And so I used to put on my machine, if you live in District 40, you're going to vote for this person. If you live in 39, you're going to vote for this person. If you live in so, and I will leave it on my voicemail. So I said, I'm going to have to start doing that again because we're doing the work for you. We're doing the research. Yeah. We're doing the questionnaires. We're going to do the work for you. And we're not divided on issues. If you're not good on life, you're not good on anything else. I don't care how you are on taxes. I don't care how you are on anything else. If you're not good on life, when someone says I'm pro-life, but I said then, but out of pro-life, because pro-life is it. You you guys need to support this organization. Florida Right you, to Life, FRTL. Yeah, Florida Right to Life, FRTL.org. And um, when you're when you talked about the fight, the fight's just getting started. Absolutely. You guys have been fighting just to get to this point. 
But now that you have a victory, it's going to get even harder. Harder. The um, I heard I hear conservative pundits, and I I'm done Fox News, all that. I'm done oh, with all you guys. Oh. After what you guys said about cops last night, I'm done with you guys. But what um, when it came to them talking about if you want if you want an abortion, you can just go to the next state. Well, my thought was while you're making that long drive up the state of Florida, going to whatever state you're going to, maybe you'll think twice. And they just tried to pass a legislation codifying Roe v. Wade, abortion up until they're two years old, basically. The fight is just beginning, That's and right. it's so important that now that this next phase is coming down, the battle's going to get tougher. That's I right. just want to reiterate that. It's going to get tougher. And don't be deceived by the, le- the arguments of the left. What are you going to do to support those babies? My answer is, what are you going to do to support those babies? You know, we're going to do what we've always done. The pro-lifers have always been there. We've always been the ones that have been the fallback, the fall safe. It's us. We've been here. We're still here. We're not going away. Linda Bell, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. you. We'll be back on The Buff Show. You stay with us. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your liberty-safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Coating services, laser engraving and more. Mention The Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000, 407-309-3000, and at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us at the Florida Parent Education Association 2022 awesome homeschooling event. And Marina has been chilling with me with these for these great interviews. We've made a partnership with the Buff Show and MomsForAmerica.us. Lots of good information today, but um, a lot of people that are sick and tired of the regular old BS in America. Yeah, it's been great to talk about all these freedom issues and also to touch a little bit on what it means for us and our homes, for parents and for kids. Your mom questions have been fantastic. We should compile all those and make one show out of that. Yes, thanks to all the moms from America that sent me some great questions. And you're doing it all with no voice. That is true. It's, it's hard to do a talk show without a voice, and you're doing it. I'm trying. 
That's right. We got a couple uh, special guests with us. My old friend Nick Cotrano is back hey, on the man, show. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Great to see you, man. Thank you. We always run into each other at weird places. Maybe a press conference outside of a doctor's office or the uh, the event here today with homeschoolers. I think we're all starting to find ourselves gravitating in the same circles as we fight for freedoms, medical freedom against wokeness, CRTs, all these different issues. And I think the same people are gravitating towards each other. So I know I, t I ran into somebody in the elevator yesterday that's been coming to these homeschool conventions for years. And he said this whole patriot aspect to the homeschool is such a natural fit, but it's never been here before. So now it, now we have so many patriots showing up. So amazing. Many, so many people fighting for medical freedom. All the breakout sessions are amazing, the things that we're talking about. So it's, it's really exciting. And that's why we keep finding each other. We're like-minded yeah i love it and i wasn't complaining you're a great guy and a great patriot right here and now we have another great patriot marine van hoke we call her mo mo van hoke that's you we're talking about kids today on the show and let's introduce yourself right talk about what you're into as far as protecting our children and and your personal story if you don't mind Oh, sure. No, I uh, appreciate it so much. So I actually, um, I'll start with my story because I yeah. think that's why I do what I do today. Um, a little over 12 years ago, my son was vaccine injured. He suffered multiple strokes and um, he subsequently will need lifelong care. Uh, we've done a, a number of things to try and help him and heal him through the years. But, you know, ultimately he will to have somebody caring for him for the rest of his life. Oh boy. Um, unfortunately, yeah, we're a documented vaccine injury case, and so there's no disputing it, but unfortunately there are liability-free organizations out there, so we can't, we bear the, excuse the way I frame this up, but the burden financially of all of the things that we try to do to help him recover um, from that incident. Can you tell which vaccine it was? Uh, we had multiple shots, so we were doing what they call a catch-up um, series. And what happened was I had been pushing off getting the vaccinations for my son, and they just kept telling me, my pediatrician just kept telling me, you're endangering him, um, you are putting him at risk, and you really need to get on schedule, and we're not going to be able to see you if you don't get these things started. And unfortunately, you know, I, I, I knew in my gut something was wrong. I didn't want to do it. And I just innately knew. I also am, am 52 years old and I'm still walking the earth without a shot in my arm. So I, I also was perplexed why I needed to do this for my children. And um, ultimately, he got the shots and um, had the reaction that he did. And so I spend a lot of time now out there educating people about that there are risks associated with vaccines. And but I got a sheet at the time that had 10 points of the benefits of vaccination, but I didn't get what those risks were associated with the vaccination process. And so I do try to educate people. I have somebody at some point, because I, my whole family thought, you know, they, they were the generation of the polio. They were like, oh, you know, they saved us. But the vaccination schedule is anywhere from 68 to 72 shots that our kids are getting, and they're getting multiple shots in one session. So my son got a bunch of shots. He also got um, the flu mist that had the, you know, the, uh, yeah. the Memersol in it. Yeah. And then he also got the Rotatec, which goes down your throat. So like, we literally put all of these chemicals into his body. And it turns out that he actually had um, a gene called MTHFR, 
and there was a gene mutation. It was actually found at his birth, which means that your body can't detoxify things that go into the body. So he literally had, it was like a, they put it in, and it was a bomb that just exploded. Oh, my God. That poor kid. And he's still dealing with this today. Yes, yes. He's under 24-7 care. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I am a pro, I'm, I'm a very proud anti-vaxxer. Very proud. Well, yeah, yeah. But great I'm reason proud to be. for my family yeah. and for myself. I think everyone else should have the choice, but I think informed consent is a part of that choice process. And I think if people understood that what is in these vaccines, that the childhood vaccination schedule has never been tested for its safety and efficacy, ever. The wow. combined vaccination schedule. Neither has the different manufacturing doses of those vaccinations have ever been tested. And then you'll come to find out as you peel back the onion and you go down that rabbit hole, right? You start to realize that in fact, much of it hasn't even been tested over 15 days. So if your child has a seizure day 16, it is not documented whatsoever. Nor is the FDA actually going in and doing third-party independent testing to verify what the vaccine manufacturers are doing from a testing perspective regarding safety and efficacy. It's when you start to see it, it is devastating that we go into a doctor's office. I went in with this beautiful baby and I literally, in my mind, thought they were protecting him as much as I was. And I realized it's a business and I'm not knocking doctors, but it is a business. I've been, since then, my other son, we've been kicked out of pediatricians' offices for not vaccinating. We received certified letters saying that we philosophically disagree with how you treat health care. And so it's a shame. Can I add? Yeah, one second, though. Yeah, of course you can. What was going through your mind in 2020? After you've been through all this and you start seeing masks and vaccine talk, what, just give me real quick, what was going through your mind? Oh, well, to be quite honest with you, I thought, and I know this is odd, but for the first time ever, we have been out there for years talking. And we, for the first time ever, I said to everyone, we have an opportunity. This is a yeah. huge, massive opportunity. But it was also, too, gave us, gave us this real sense of urgency to get into our legislative offices and have conversations. We created legislation to stop any potential discrimination for people who were not going to vaccinate. This is going back the beginning of the pandemic, but people weren't ready for that legislation. And we literally would never have had any incidences of, you know, being able to, or what Nick goes through is, is so horrible at Disney. Oh, yeah, um, the Disney experience for him right. was not a magical. We're going to get to that. So I just thought it was a huge it was a huge opportunity, and i got to be honest with you, a lot of people started to really understand. And, it, and then again, people started to question, what do you mean they had, you know, the COVID vaccine hasn't been safety tested, and, but then that was an opportunity for us to say, well, guess what? Neither was the pediatrician, the pediatric schedule, right? And it was also an opportunity here in the state of Florida, unfortunately, we have a vaccine tracking registry. It was implemented in 2019, HB213. We are all in a database. If your doctor, any doctor, inclusive of even adults, participate in Florida shots, you're in a government database, of which, at the time, our Surgeon General in January of 2021, which was at the time Scott Rifkies, signed over that database to the federal government. So when 
we sit there and we talk about the vaccine passports not being applicable here in the state of Florida, but it is a process for the social credit system that they are planning to implement. So there's a process and a path here that's happening. And I just think that we've been able to get out there and have those conversations and get all of these freedom fighters um, that we're seeing that are growing at an expanse, get understanding about what medical freedom is. Yeah. Right? That's the first time we heard the word opportunity when people were faced with the, the China pandemic. <laughs> That's great. That is really great. Nick, over to you. Well, I, I just wanted to add, we've been here for two days talking to a lot of parents, and, and two of the things that stuck out in court, what Mo was sharing about, was so many families had come up and talking about their pediatricians have fired them for not doing the vaccines and even not doing the COVID vaccines on their kids. They're making them sign off and that's been a problem. But simultaneously, we're getting a lot of parents walking up with their children, three, four, five kids and saying, I've never vaccinated any of my kids and they're all healthy. So it, it, it's, it's really interesting to see the contrast. And we've been in the booth and, and just hearing people even in tears tell us their stories. It's such a deep and emotional issue, especially when it comes to people's children. And it's amazing that these people, the, these people that are in power, they take it so lightly. And it's yeah. so hard to move the needle and get attention on these issues when it comes to kids. And you devastate families, their resources, their time, their love, it's their child. And they gotta spend a lifetime thinking about what if, what do I do? All these different things, and, and the fact that people could just write it off and not pay attention to it. I know with the documentary that I saw on Vax, when they were trying to get that out there, um, they did a hit job, they attacked Robert De Niro, and I'm not a fan of his, but they attacked him for trying to bring it to the Cannes uh, Film Festival, and they, made, they demonized it so bad, but so that made me want to see it, but when I watched it, it was really about parents telling their story on what happened to them, and they were really not fighting against vaccinations. They weren't anti-vax. They were talking about the vaccine schedules being so heavy and so close together and taking something like the MMNR and putting it together, and they were trying to get those things separated. Right. And it was yeah. just and it was just reasonable. These these were parents that were asking reason. questions. They were asking the questions, but just like the COVID situation and the COVID, they don't want anybody asking questions because if we start right. asking questions, the questions are going to be too dangerous for them to answer because the data, the truth that's out there will crumble their house of cards. So and it's about compliance as well. So that's a yeah. big part of this. So if you, if you, there is, there is a documentation that's up on the CDC. Do you know what they do is they give a child, day of birth, the Hep B or the Hep, Hep B shot, which is not something that a newborn needs to worry about because it's really a sexually transmitted disease. But they did a study and they found the likelihood for a parent to continue vaccinating literally went to 99% if you got that shot in your arm the day of the birth because that fear, that that mindset becomes distilled. Yeah. The same thing is happening with these COVID shots. It's You will do this, you will comply, and now you're starting to see, right, we actually have monkey, <laughs> monkey pox well, vaccines the on. is silent. It's just, yes. Right. It's, <laughs> do you understand? It is. It's, it is. it's literally trying to get us into a corral us into you know like a literally sheep just walking up and doing what we're told one size to fits do. all and shut up and if you try to say anything against it we're going to shut you down we're going to cancel you off social media and then we're going to probably kill some of your family members right. I, I tell you an interesting <laughs> yeah I have, I have friends that work at uh, Southwest Air, and they have a June 7th deadline. So we've actually run, run into Max Staver from Liberty Council. We were talking to him about it earlier. 
they now want to make their employees sign off on a document that says they will agree to adhere to all CDC recommendations going forward, whatever they are. They're going out of the realm of COVID and now moving into the future. So CDC, what did they get right on COVID? Nothing. They got everything right. They, they flip-flopped on everything. They're not a governance body. No. They're, they're just a recommendations body to our government. But here's a national company like Southwest Air trying to get all their employees to agree, whatever the CDC says, you need monkey pox and five boosters and three masks, you got to adhere to it. That's dangerous. And that's coming down the pike. So as we think things are slowing down and maybe things are going back to normal, they are they are still pushing forward on things. So we're 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 still on a lot of dangerous well, ground right now. We, we created are. Lantern of Liberty. So what we're having businesses do, if you are a freedom fighting business, meaning you will not mandate any shots for your employees, you'll not force them to wear masks, neither your employees or your patrons, we actually have a list of them up on our website. And so we know that they're going to try and shut the lights out again. What's the website? Oh, sure. It's lanternofliberty.org. Lanternofliberty.org. Everybody, we'll put that link on the website, too. We want to drive people to understand these are the businesses that you should be supporting because when the lights go back out again and they shut down that grid, we all need to get in access to things. We want to actually have that community already built in place. Yes. Look, over there, Matt Gates is a 15-year-old. Oh, how funny. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. You guys on the show can't see that, but that's Matt Gates as a 15-year-old. Before the... get a little higher. A little Latin. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. If we can't have fun and laugh sometimes, because everything we've been talking about today is absolutely insanity. Can you imagine three years ago talking about this? Five, yeah. four years ago talking about this stuff? Right. Like that, hey, in, in America, everybody's going to be wearing a mask and locked in their homes. You'd be like, what's wrong? Are you crazy? Yeah. Sounds like a Michael Bay movie. Right. You know, Mo, Mo, a lot of parents and a lot of adults can relate to feeling that intense pressure and the threat. Can I use that word? Because I've been there. If you don't do this, more or less, your baby will die. I was told that about formula. There was nothing wrong with me. And thankfully, four days later, I went to a lactation specialist and I fed my baby myself. Nice. But I know that pressure. And although it doesn't mean anything, I've always regretted it. So, you know, Mo, can you talk to parents today and adults who feel this kind of pressure? And as you said, something inside of them is saying stop and don't. Yes. But they're in that moment. What am I going to do without a doctor? What if something happens to my child and it's all my fault? Yes. So, such a good point. Actually, my example would be there was a mom and a daughter. She was 14 years old and they were over at our booth and we were talking. And I looked at her and I said, do you mind if I share something with your daughter? And she said, please go ahead. And she was 14 and I said, I want you to do me a favor. And, and this is how I feel as myself as a parent. Is me and my husband have decided like, if we can get our son to be able to be a, we have another son, a critical thinker, to think for himself, to never be in fear of being against you know, the mainstream mindset. It's okay to be that way and we spent all that time. So I told this girl, I said, we are powerful beings and we were created that way. And God literally put into us a system that says when there's something wrong, we will be alerted to it. And that is your gut instinct. 
And so never let anybody deter you from listening to that gut instinct. And it doesn't matter where you are, what's happening, listen to it. It's there for a reason. It's trying to signal you to tell you that something is amiss and to always listen to that. I actually had to tell my son when he was in school, I said, if anybody comes up to you and says, I'm taking you to the nurse, your mom said it's okay to get a shot. I said to him, and he was in second grade, I said, you run. I will find you no matter where you are, but you run. Because I will never, I would never have agreed to that. And no. these are things that we have to do with our children. Obviously, you know, we've changed that, that scenario for them through, through time. But parents need to empower their children as best as possible. And quite honestly, the younger, the better. Right? They need to have that opportunity to say, I need to listen to what's innately within me that is being told for me from a higher our higher being like a holy spirit yes that's it that is it. the holy spirit and, and you know what authority whether they're a police officer whether they're they're um a doctor whether if you're you're no instinctually something's amiss follow it follow it because just because somebody has a white coat on and i'm not trying to give anybody a hard time with being a doctor and having gone through that but they don't know you. They don't know yeah. you, and they should. Well, Fauci be should be in jail, and I think he wears a white coat. I wish he. I can't wait for the day. I feel like it's coming. I feel I, like it's coming. I've been feeling like it's coming a long time, and it's just like you know, you keep thinking that epiphany, that that mass epiphany of breaking that mass psychosis is here, and, yeah. we, see, and we see those moments, and we're going. And then everybody just goes back to sleep. There is, there is cracks. There, there's the real, cracks showing, right? The real Anthony Fauci, the yeah. book that Robert F. Kennedy, like he, that book in itself should be Exhibit A when going into court. His, yeah, his publisher, Tony Lyons, come on. Because, um, yeah, he came on the show because um, Kennedy's not much of a talker because of his voice. He's got that voice thing. Yeah. But, because uh, he got the flu shot. Huh? Yeah, that's right. And he's all jacked up. He can't talk. But that is a tremendous book. And Tony Lyons broke it all down. And uh, now we got kids running in. These homeschool kids, they run into your lights. You can't really punish them because they're smarter than you. <laughs> you were going to you know, say Matt, something. I want to jump in to um, say I've suffered with severe anxiety. And there were times when I felt that instinct, and not just instinct, sometimes I knew right from wrong in that moment. And there's nothing, Matt, to all those feeling anxiety, like pausing. You yes. can go to the doctor tomorrow. They are not gonna run out of the vaccine. And you know, Matt, just to be very practical, there's nothing wrong with saying, I need to use the bathroom. And calling that friend, that spouse, calling for help, stopping thinking and praying. And that worked for me, Matt, because no one's oh, ever gonna stop. You don't even have to leave. You don't even have to go far. You can take a two-minute break by yourself in a bathroom anywhere you are in life, collect yourself. And for me, that's been a great way of dealing with my anxiety to stop and think exactly like you're saying. To stop and think. I think that's such a good point. And just real quick, I No, no, go ahead. I, I tell parents, um, because we deal with this with parents even going in to get religious exemptions into the health department, they get some challenges. And I always tell them, you're there to protect your child at all costs. And put that in front of everything else that's happening within that moment, to your point, that's the moment of pause. I'm the only one looking out for my child. 
And once you understand that and you realize that there are other agendas at play, whether or not it's ignorant agendas or it's financial incentive agendas, all these other factors, you're only there for one reason, and that's because you're caring for your child. So that, I think, is so empowering to parents. I love that, Mo. And another tip I have, honestly, I have a three-year-old, and I've come so far after my brain injury, but I still have anxiety in the moment, right? And it can get triggered. I take her with me everywhere. And when I, I was telling Matt earlier, we had a, yeah, an issue with the dentist. He wouldn't take us without a, mat, a mask. And my daughter said every day to call the dentist. But Matt, I was so scared, like, to pick up the phone. But this yeah. is the culture, right? So do you know what I did? We've I was like, baby girl, I'll call the dentist, but you've got to be in my arms. And you know, Mo, I know you'll relate to this. The comfort of having her right there. This is the reason in my arms right now, what I'm holding, right looking at her. That's my reason. So um, there's an empowerment to even be with your child. And that purpose of your whole life right there and the reason you live and breathe to give everything you can to them. And we're raised, right, to be polite, to be kind. That's it, that's yeah. it. So instinctually, like, you know, we're taught <coughs> to be that way. And I've just had to overcome that. I, I, I really have had to become my child's advocate in so many different facets and so many different ways. And quite honestly, it's, it, you get out of a comfort zone because you don't want to be critiquing a, a somebody who's an authority to you. But the reality is, is that you're the only one looking out for your child's best interest. Look at what look at what's been created, Nick. Since this uh, ridiculous school curriculums and the masks and the forced vaccines on just regular Americans. Um, on the show, for example, we've joined forces with like people from Black Lives Matter and Atheists for America and Atheists for Liberty. We've joined forces to say no vaccine mandates, and then we go back to killing each other and hating each other physically, not physically, but uh, verbally. And we can set aside our differences. But look what's being created. Moms for America. Uh, Moms for Liberty. All these groups. All these candidates running for... This guy came by and said he's running for school board in Orange County. And I can tell this guy's just a regular dad, right? The country's been activated because of this stuff. That's why we saw what happened in Virginia. That's why we're seeing the biggest red wave midterm you've ever seen in your life, despite the voter fraud. I mean, it's just amazing how many Americans that are regular just got activated. And we were raised to be polite and kind and keep our mouth. And we just kind of keep to ourselves. We don't like making waves. But now we have to make waves. I think, if anything, that's the silver lining. I think most good, that people, is. Most good people, we just want to raise our families. We want to be good in our community. We don't, we weren't. We wanted to vote for the right person and expect them to defend us, fight for our constitutional rights. And that was the, the, the grand idea, the American dream. But we got so caught up chasing the American dream and it was almost created as an idol where they, they what we needed and what we should want are two different things. And they made us, they, they consumerized us to the point where we were chasing that carrot and stick forever. And doing that, they were distracting us and they were bribing all these people because once they step into that political arena, they're, they're, they're damaged goods. I mean, they just print, like right now, we see all this COVID money. They're printing money out of thin air and they're double taxing us. Our money going in and our money paying for inflation. Yeah. Um, so it, it, the, the silver lining is it's woke people up. They have forced people into a position where they really got to start paying attention. And they realize it's more than just their idea of the American dream. Because the American dream is really about family, freedom, God, fam um, providing, having a good life, having healthy children. 
And that's what the real American dream's about, not having the nice cars and the house that you don't even see the other side of it sometimes. So it's really helping people to reprioritize. It's really galvanizing all these good people, being in the fight. Like I've met Mo and, and we've been on some good battles together and I've learned so that's much. Great. And being on your show a few times and involved with Rebecca, Moms for America, Rebecca Ricks, and, and we've done so many battles together. It's really, this is what America is about. And it feels like, the, you know, World War II had its battle, the, 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 the fight for freedom, the Revolutionary War. I think this is our time again. Now is the time to reestablish that fight for the soul of our country. And I think they pushed us so far. I think they made a, a big mistake there. And by the grace of God, we're going to turn up. it around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they don't, we're going to be Venezuela. If we don't turn it around, we got about three years before we're Venezuela. They're destroying our economy. But I did. I think everybody's activated. And I love when you said, I don't want to, I have to. That's the attitude. A lot of people don't feel comfortable running for school board. But I feel like they have to. They have to. All this stuff that you're doing out there, you have to do it. You didn't even want to call the dentist office. And now look at you. You're doing... 10 hours of radio shows <laughs> trying to get the message out there from smart people like you guys that here's we're trying to educate people and get off the couch and get something done you know Matt it's amazing because I had so much fear and I grew up in Canada and my whole entire life I was very informed and I knew all the issues but they weren't my job I was in school that's my job it was the job of the lawyers and the politicians and surely God's in control he's going to call one of them the positive outcome, and we alluded to this, Matt, in COVID, is that I realized that it's not the politician's job and the lawyers, and I certainly better not be looking to the doctors and the pastors to stand up for me. After today, I'm I never to going to a stand. hospital again after today. No. But you know, Matt, the freedom and power empowering that comes when you decide to stand up and you can yeah. see difference. And I made a difference at the dentist office, but yes, I you made did. a path for other people. And that's way more important than myself. How are they going to say, what justification do they have to say no to the next person? And that's the difference yes. we can all make. I remember earlier today when we had, uh, we had Patrick Byrne on, the America Project, right? Phenomenal guy. I think we spent an hour and a half with that guy before, and then we started recording. But you said something during that interview. You said for poll watching, right? Poll watching integrity. Yeah. I can That's right. my I can babysit my neighbor's kid so that that husband can go. Yeah. And then maybe we can maybe we can babysit that other kid too. Maybe us moms can watch the kids and have the dads go out there and stand by those drop boxes yeah. or go watch a poll. Right. Let's not let's not say no. Did you hear that? I mean, ma this is what we have to do yeah. to take our country we back. Is this something. our guns and cannons? It's this or that. And COVID <laughs> prompted us to think outside of the box. The outside of the box that some I can't of us, go. Some of us. But I can make a way for three other people to go. And yeah. I'll stay at home looking after the kids. And they'll go yeah. out there and protect the votes yeah. of my family and friends. Yeah. It's like a great reset only yeah. for America. An awakening. And I a think, great awakening. I That's think, what it is. I think sometimes people think, what can I do, right? We're all sitting on the sidelines figuring out there's there's a problem. What is it I'm going to do? And we're thinking of the big sexy ideas of like world changing. But it's really the little things on a local level that could really turn everything around. And that's where the key is. And every every smart person that I've talked to, as I've talked about the political strategies about winning this country back, it's at a local level, your local school board, your local election boards, yes. every, your local communities. And that's where it starts. And, and that's a perfect example. 
you know, trading off, taking care yeah. of the kids, getting people involved, and, and getting people to those elections to watch them. All right, final thought to you, Mo. Where can people find you? What do you want them to get out of this today, if nothing else? Sure. No, thank you so much. So, I, well, a lot of it is that I, I really want people, like to your point, feel comfortable to be the advocates for their children and to be empowered no matter what environment that they're in, that they're the only ones that are really, truly there to do the right things for their child. Nobody else is going to do it for them. No. And then I also have to talk to them about the future. So, I don't do the things that I do. I'm with Children's Health Defense. We run the Florida chapter here for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We also have a grassroots group called Health Freedom Florida where we actually go and meet with candidates as well as legislators to help transition change for health freedom within the state of Florida because we still have work to do here. Um, and we also partner with Stand for Health Freedom, which is doing a really powerful campaign across the country called Vote for Freedom. So they're interviewing legislators that are actually freedom-loving patriots that are going to represent the true values of, you know, freedom fighters. So there's a lot of different organizations that we partner with here in the state of Florida to help Florida be empowered from that perspective. But ultimately, I we get people who are coming in and actually taking the time to take time out of their day. We all work so many hours. We all have so much going on with our kids. But the reality is, now is the time. There's It can't be tomorrow. It has to be today. Because in 10 years, we're going to be in a situation where you're going to be going into employment, or at least my son is, and they're going to say, where's your shot records? You know, or where, where, you know, where are you with your adult vaccinations? There where's your vaccine ID? There are 26 adult vaccinations on the schedule as is today. 72 most for the, for the children schedule. We're headed down a path. And if we don't say no, medical data should remain private. We should get rid of the tracking bill that we have, or rather the tracking law that we have here in the state of Florida. And we need to actually pass legislation so that we have vaccine status passed as a civil rights statute here in the state of Florida. We have the bill language up on our website under Health Freedom Florida. You can bring it into any legislator and say, run this bill. This will actually create the ability for us to have protections down the road. I, I will tell you, we have heard stories down at our, our thing. We talked about employment issues. We've had um, several parents, adult children came by, their parents in nursing homes in Florida that have been removed because they refused shots. We actually had um, my son's caregiver. She actually is now being charged $100 per month additional on her health insurance because she refused the COVID shot. We're hearing from people that life insurance policies are now being uh, charged different rates. We need to end this now. The vaccination status needs to become protected entity under our civil rights statute. And we're collecting those stories at medical, what, what, what's the website? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. What's our website? Oh, sure. It's actually... She see, thought you were being facetious. Oh, uh, I thought he was... No, sorry. we're collecting... Oh. So what we're doing yes. is we're collecting stories of discrimination and all these events that are happening because we want to pile them up and pull an, pull an Aaron Brockovich when we take those stories to legislators. And uh, when we've dealt with legislators, they kind of blow it off. And we need to centralize everything so we can prove our point. Medicalfreedom.org? So medicalfreedomcoalition.org. Medical freedom medical freedom and that's the RFK Juniors? Yeah, so it actually, yeah, it all centralizes to, um, so it's fl.childrenshealthdefense.org. Okay. Or www.chdflorida.org. We, we funnel it all in that way. I'm going to have to get you to write that down. <laughs> no, just oh, no. kidding. We got it. We're going to put the links on thebuffshow.com. 
for this page. We put this page as an individual page on the website. So all the links in this interview will be on there. And I'm sure Moms for America is going to share some of this. They're an incredible yes, alliance. <laughs> we do. We're, we're trying to be on the forefront of everything going on for faith, family, and freedom. That's what we're about. We're not leaving this convention until your voice is completely gone. Well, I've been surrounded by doctors. Why am I still sick? <laughs> yeah, nobody gave you a pill. <laughs> we'll get you some. Very good stuff. Mo, Nick, Ed, thank you so much for joining us on the thank show. You. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Really. That will do it for this edition of The Buff Show. We'll see you next time. Stay smart out there.